Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. The scripture for today is 1 John 4, verses 10 and 11. Here is what love is. It is not that we loved God. It is that he loved us and sent his son to give his life to pay for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we should also love one another. And now, episode three, To Live is Christ. Hey there, my name is Andrea. I am a physical therapist currently working in Seattle, Washington. I'm from Kentucky. I just moved out across the country from my family on my own just a few years ago, and I'm getting settled out here and seeing what the Lord has for me. So my story is a story of God pursuing me day in and day out for as long as I can remember through my entire life. The story where his presence has never left. I feel like I've always had this awareness that I had a father in heaven who loved me and who had amazing experiences for me and wanted to teach me every day what it meant to be living this life, what it meant to have relationships with my family, with my friends, what it meant to move into a career where I'm helping people and where I'm watching people be in pain and helping them come through injuries and surgeries. So when I was about eight years old, I was in the type of family where my parents felt that it was right to bring me to church and raise their children in church. I had a brother and a sister as well, so we would go to our respective youth services. But my parents didn't necessarily feel that this was foundational truth in the way that we should lead our family and live our life. But I did grow up going to church for probably around five years until I reached my teens. But I have a vivid memory when I was around eight years old of sitting in the back of a church service where the lights were dim. I think worship was happening. And I heard the pastor say, if you believe in Jesus, then all you have to do is ask him into your heart right now. And that was the first time I can remember feeling the Holy Spirit, knowing in my heart that this was real and that Jesus was right there. And I wanted him in my heart more than anything. So I asked him into my heart. I immediately felt joyful and excited. And I remember walking out of that service, wanting to tell anyone and everyone. But my mom was the person who I wanted to tell first. So I remember sitting in the car behind her and announcing this to her, being joyful and excited and expecting a a proud reaction from my mom, expecting follow-up questions. And I didn't get that response. When I look back on it, I feel that that was my first subtle rejection from someone else about being a Christian. My next memory is more of a blatant rejection of a classmate sitting across from me in my art class when I was eight. And I remember trying to share the gospel with my classmate and being so excited about it and getting shot down. And the more I thought about it, I feel that that is where I turned inward with my faith. And as long as I can remember being in grade school, I never spoke about it again. So question, were you 
the only person in your immediate household that accepted God? I mean, you said your mom wasn't too enthusiastic or didn't really give you the response you were looking for. Yes. So that's a big part of my testimony, even up until now, is that I'm still a part of a family of unbelievers. So all five of us, the my parents and then my brother and sister are still unbelievers and they all have their own deceptions that they believe in and they all have their own excuses as to why they don't believe. But that's a big part of my testimony. So yes, through my entire childhood, I was feeling like I was a bit isolated from my family because I believed this with all of my heart, even through all of grade school, but I never had anyone to talk to about it. Yeah, that's awesome that you were able to hold on even though you were the only one. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my next memory would be moving through middle school and high school. Basically, my time with the Lord was when I was lying in bed at night, and I knew that He was there. I would pray really for hours while I couldn't fall asleep. I, I just had a hard time sleeping as a kid, and I felt like I had this acute awareness of spiritually like disconnects that were happening. I felt isolated from my family because I believed these things wholeheartedly, but I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And I didn't really have any guidance or mentorship. My family had stopped going to church. So I didn't really know what to do with this, but I knew that God was there. He felt like he was the closest one among anyone. So it brought this sense of loneliness and really a bit of depression. Like I remember lying in bed just wanting to be with him and I didn't know what to do with that feeling. I didn't know where to turn aside from just crying in bed that night, talking to him and really just longing for him. So what that started to manifest as in high school was turning to other people like friends and forming bad relationships, like dating people I shouldn't be dating and turned into kind of leading a deceptive lifestyle with my parents. I would go out and party and underage drinking and sneaking out of my house. And I feel like I was just searching for the connection with people. And I felt that there was a false sense of being really connected to my friends in, in high school through this like bad behavior. We were having fun together. And eventually, of course, you can imagine the the consequences came from that and I feel like it was really God's grace and mercy that he allowed me to see time and time again how that would fail me so time and time again when I would go out and party or date the wrong guys knowing I shouldn't be dating this guy he protected me the entire way but always was faithful to show me at the end this is not what you're looking for you feel isolated again you feel alone again this relationship failed you again and that was pretty much my experience through high school and into college but it it never drew me further from the Lord it just put me in this place where I was just learning year after year that these other things were not going to satisfy so God really stepped in my junior year of college when he brought a relationship into my life with a guy who was a Christian, and he was more of a Christian, more of a Bible believer, Bible reader, more of a Jesus follower than anyone I had come across thus far. And I was still in this phase of definitely idolizing uh, marriage, idolizing that relationship that I was looking for. So it was, it still ended up being 
a failed relationship, but through that relationship, I was able to open up about my belief in God. I framed myself with him as a Christian, but he saw through that seeing I didn't have any foundation of truth. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I, I really didn't even fully understand the gospel. So would you say that being with him kind of challenged you in your faith and like where you were compared to like where he was? Was that a good thing? Yeah, that was absolutely a good thing. A, a great example of how it challenged me was because of those kind of um, rejections that I remember from childhood, I I really holed up and clammed up about my faith and just my belief that God was there and I knew he was there, but I felt seriously uncomfortable verbalizing it and talking about it at all. And that probably stems from just my home relationship where I didn't feel comfortable talking about it with my family members. So stepping outside of the house, I never felt comfortable talking about it. So the big challenge that he brought that was really wonderful for me was he pushed me to do devotionals with him where it was a long distance relationship for a time and we would get over like Skype and video chat and we would have Bible devotionals, like relationship couples devotionals. And I was stretched to open my mouth and talk about what I believe. And then a couple months down the road, he moved to where I was. We found a church together and we started going to church together. And that is really where it became my faith. So praise the Lord that it did not become about this person that I was dating, but I felt like my eyes were being opened to God and the gospel and what it meant to actually follow him. That's great that God would, you know, put people in your path that would kind of keep you on the bandwagon. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was totally his grace. I mean, I, I truly feel, especially where I've come since then, I feel like he saw my heart and he allowed me to go through these experiences to get to where I am today and to see how worldliness and worldly relationships and things will fail you. So I truly feel like my faith today is what it is because of what I've gone through and how the Lord sort of stepped into those situations. And he was so persistent and present and faithful and never changing And I can just look back and clearly see that through how he handled all of my striving for relationship and satisfaction. That relationship ended, and rightfully so. It still was built on the wrong foundations. But I left that relationship with this new comfort with the Lord and with pursuing him and with going into community with other believers, and it basically took off from there. I I went into graduate school for physical therapy, and again, he placed an amazing person in my life. This was a, a close friend, and she was a strong believer. She started up a Bible study in our grad school, and that, again, gave me opportunities to get into the Word and to start talking about it with people and just breaking down those walls that were built up of trying to be private and isolated about my beliefs. So grad school was another big time period of growth where I really started to see, oh, this is what being a Christian is like and what it's about getting in community with other believers and growing to love other people and be loved by other people the way God intended. And then my last season of life has been one of also being stretched and growing. But it really, when I look back on it, it's a season of me and God and no one else. It's been growing in 
contentment with Jesus and what it's like to walk with him and not turn to other people for my satisfaction and my security and my confidence. So the last nine years, I have lived alone, just me and my German Shepherd, and that has given me so much solitude and some growing pains for sure, but getting to this place where I am completely content and satisfied in the Lord and His presence, and that every morning I wake up and He's there waiting for me. He's the first thought on my mind now. I don't find myself striving after relationships anymore. I am excited about how he's using me in my work, in my family. He's using me in my relationships with my family. On a regular basis, I feel encouraged by either something that one of my family members says or an experience where I was able to speak the gospel to my my mom or, or a close friend. He started bringing, seeking non-believers into my life. And to look back and see even just 10 years ago how uncomfortable I would have been in a situation like that to now where it's my absolute favorite thing to sit down with someone who really is seeking after God and what it means, even though they haven't come to know Him yet. And that is has become one of my heart's desires. So um, Where do you feel like the comfort to be able to talk to these people who are seeking, to your family, to your friends? Where do you feel like that comfort comes from when you, for so long, didn't feel comfortable? Honestly, it comes from time and time again where God has shown me, no matter how uncomfortable I am in a situation, He how He works the situation or the word that He gives me into my heart, how the Spirit is always there moving me and then seeing how this person in front of me responds. Just that time and time again, faithful experience that I have in speaking with people about my faith and just seeing that the Lord's going to be there and He's going to give me the words that I need. And then I think, but more, even more than that, it's this renewed identity and confidence in that really I've come to realize like my relationship with him is the most important by far. It's the one that brings me the most satisfaction. It's a consistent relationship where time and time again, when, when I'm grieving or I'm upset or I'm feeling lonely, all I have to do is turn to him in prayer or open up his word. And he meets me there immediately. And the situation is turned around just so many times. If I go to him in prayer, he's faithful to answer it almost immediately and just turn my heart around. So seeing that faithfulness on his part is what gives me the confidence for sure. Yeah, I love you just talking about satisfaction in God, especially with this social distancing going on. It's like, yeah, you can call your friends, but like you're not hanging out like you used to. It's like, if you don't have God, I mean, you're just going to be bored. Depression and all types of things can creep in like during this time. Exactly. I... I lead a a weekly Bible study on Wednesday nights, and we were just talking about this, and I found it so interesting that some people are really struggling with that and feeling, they're feeling the weight of how much they need the relationships outside of their home and the stimulation of their friends and going to social activities and stuff. And I was coming from this place of, wow, like I 
I have really been enjoying this isolated period where I have this freedom to seek after God whenever I want, and I can just move with Him every day and have this this freedom to reach out to whoever I want and call whoever I want and read whatever scripture He brings to my heart. I can study for hours. I'm not constrained by like needing to get to this commitment. Taking those constraints away has been wonderful. And I was just talking with someone about this last night that I feel that that's absolutely a direct uh, manifestation of how I've grown my relationship with the Lord and just walking with Him and seeing that He is enough. And I think the Bible is very, very clear about that, that He's always going to be there for us. And Jesus is the living water. So if we just go to Him, He's never going to run out. You know, if we go to the endless supply, we're always going to feel fulfilled. And He promises that deep joy and, and peace despite our circumstances. So I completely agree. Absolutely. So I guess I'll end with this question. What would you say to people who aren't where they want to be with God or who are maybe seeking? Um, What kind of advice would you give to someone like that? I would say, first off, trust that He is there. He's always going to be there. He is simply waiting on the other side of that door. And the, the Bible says that He is patient with us because He doesn't wish for anyone to perish but all to have everlasting life. So all that we have to do is just crack that door open. And that can be many different things. I think he can meet you wherever you're at, whatever you're struggling with, whether you're feeling loneliness and isolation or you're feeling stress or fear or battling illness, you're feeling hopeless. All you have to do is turn to him. And I love that the word repent actually means turn. So all the Lord asks us to do is turn in the opposite direction toward him. And he's there. And I think he's faithful to show you that he's there. Walking with him has made my life so much better. And it brought me out of that depression that I felt as a child where I felt like being with him would be better. And it brought me into this realization, like Paul said, I have a tattoo on my wrist that says to live is Christ, to die is gain. And the to live is Christ piece really speaks to how he's been able to rejuvenate my life. And I realize that every day he has purposes for me and he's growing me. And just that feeling of walking with him and trusting him and taking leaps of faith and then seeing him come through makes life worth living. So bow your head in prayer, start an uncomfortable conversation with someone you know who is a believer, pull out your Bible, even buy a book that is about the gospel or about Jesus if the Bible seems intimidating to you. I definitely went through a period of opening the Bible and feeling like I don't understand any of this. I have no context. I know that I need to be in this book, but I don't know how to be. So It's a slow start, but a big thing that I did and I still do very much is find pastors that I really respect and uh, resonate with and listen to their podcasts and their sermons as much as I can. When I'm walking my dog, when I'm doing dishes, when I'm cooking, I have a pastor sermon in my earbuds typically. So I think that's a really great way to start. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity and experience. And I I pray that... uh, it's blessed and you get a lot of followers and God does a lot of work through you. Well, that's all folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be back as always next Wednesday. And if you want to be a guest on an upcoming episode, 
visit our website, testimonyservicepod.com. And I did y'all dirty last week, but before you go, check out this sneak peek of next week's episode. When I woke up in an ambulance, I had an IV in both arms and I had oxygen in my nose and I had patches all over my chest and they had cut my shirt off and I was so confused. When I closed my eyes in that parking lot, I thought I was gone.